0: We all had to write a paper on uh, on Hitler, I'm sure, at some point growing up in, in high school, but it doesn't make us Nazis.
1: Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare.
2: Howdy, folks. It's your old pal Mark Claire here with another edition of Lions of Liberty. And even though you're hearing my voice right now, I'm actually not going to be hosting today's program. That honor is going to go to the venerable Brian McWilliams, our resident Gary Johnson expert, Gary Johnson critic, Gary Johnson aficionado, because... Well, when life gives you libertarian forums, you make libertarian forum review podcasts out of them. And that's exactly what life did to us by tossing out a libertarian forum featuring Gary Johnson and Bill Weld this past Friday, hosted by John Stossel on Fox Business. Now, we originally had an interview scheduled with my man Remzo W. Martinez of the Remzo Republic podcast. I did have to bump him to get this breaking news out there, breaking analysis, you might say. But I know Remzo's listening, and I know he understands, so that interview with Remzo Martinez will air this coming Wednesday on episode number 241, so be sure to check it out. And as you may have surmised, this is episode number 240 of this program, which means you can find the show notes featuring links to everything discussed over at lionsofliberty.com
0: slash 240. And without further ado, Brian, take it away. Thank you, Mark, for that lovely introduction. Yes, I am the resident Gary Johnson curmudgeon, uh, the man of all Johnsons. It's not maybe not the most appropriate thing to say, but that's who I am. So yes, we're going to be taking you into the Fox Business Libertarian Town Hall that was on uh, Friday, August 26th, of course, moderated by the great John Stossel, who never, never hesitates to really cut in there with some of his commentary, which we'll get into. Now, on the show, which is 240, as you heard Mark mention, we will be talking about uh, numerous topics. We're going to try to get into not just the Libertarian Town Hall, but also a couple other things that have come up recently. So I wanted to bring in a few friends, a few compatriots of mine in the land of liberty. First off, how about we introduce Mr. Howard Snowden. Howie, what's happened over in Virginia, man?
3: Ooh, not too much. Just another hot day.
0: It's a hot day in Virginia. What a shocker! Is it? Just, and it's just <laughs> hot, sweaty mosquitoes. You know, like humidity is real high over there. I think.
3: Yeah, humidity is awful.
0: Yeah, I used scary. to live in
3: Arizona, and the dry heat really is much better.
0: No, without a doubt, that's the, that's pretty much the only thing stopping me from moving back to Pennsylvania. I think is the humidity. That and the women are better looking in L.A. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Now this is also a drinking episode. This is we're going to do this in the libertarians at living rooms drinking liquor fashion. So, howie, do you have a delicious beverage?
3: I do. I'm drinking uh Sam Adams 20 pounds of pumpkin. I guess it's it's oh. not really it's not really that season yet. With it's so hot and uh, it whatever, is it, it I, is. I'm
0: hot. pretending. <laughs> yeah, but it's nice. I was gonna say, is it? But it it's not when you've been keeping in the cupboard, right? Like you ha- you bought it in a store. The uh, Halloween yeah. or the October bought, pumpkin time has come. It's it's upon us. I, I bought it this morning. Nice. <laughs> a little man who's like you know what time is it? Nine a.m. I gotta buy me some pumpkin beer. Uh, I also have another friend. You know him well. He's been on the last couple episodes of Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood, the always mysterious legal counsel, Rico. What's up, my friend? Not much. Just a little bit of Liberty talk on a Sunday, which is when we're recording this bad boy. I got some fantasy drafts, Rico. Do you have fantasy drafts after this? I hate
4: fantasy football, so I'm done with it.
0: You're over it? Why? I'm, you can't you just can't it's hack it?
4: Boring. If I have to go to another bar and hear people talk and tell me about their quarterback and how many points he had and why they lost by one point because their kicker missed an extra point, I can't
0: take it anymore. <laughs> too bad, man. That's the world we live in now. Uh-uh. Deal with it.
3: I enjoy uh, the fantasy mixed martial arts myself.
0: I was going to say, <laughs> no, that doesn't surprise me at all that you would be into that.
4: i take it's <laughs> punk number one in my uh, MMA draft.
0: <laughs> Did, he play? Did he fight yet?
4: Uh, coming playing. up soon. All right. I think it's the next pay uh, UFC, oh, I think. Oh, big
0: pay-per-view. All right. Rico, what are you drinking over there?
4: I'm also pretending, and I'm pretending I'm on a beach, looking out into an ocean and uh, enjoying life. So I'm drinking a Mai Tai.
0: Just drinking a Mai Tai high on some LSD. Love it. Exactly. <laughs> and we got one more joining us as well. It's been a while since we heard the melodious tones of Mr. J.B. Lubin. J.B., what's up, bud? Hey. Hey.
1: Hey Brian, <laughs> nothing much. Sorry, I was in a daze there.
0: <laughs> I, could, I couldn't tell at all. You played it off smooth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, what uh, what did you think? I, I, I just I wasn't on this uh, this last time we talked, but just real quick, tell me uh, briefly your thoughts on the Democratic convention when it happened in Philly in thirty seconds.
1: Well, I how how was the city? It was a nightmare for what part I was in the city for but i actually had to go back to new york for something so i missed a a good chunk of it
0: ah you lucky devil yeah (laughs) that's too bad i I was just curious to see if people were just going up to vendors like hot dog vendors on the street and just demanding free hot dogs and yelling that it was socialism if they didn't uh, if they didn't get one
1: not that i saw unfortunately but i wish i could have you know had uh a greater part of it, but wasn't around really.
0: Oh, terrible. All right. Well, I'm drinking a Pacifico over here being it's a a warm summer, California Sunday. So let's do it. We got our drinks. Let's launch into some forum talk guys. Now, first off, let me just say, you know, I, as I mentioned, I love it when John Stossel is actually doing these forums because John Stossel, dude, he's a straight up libertarian thinking guy and he is not afraid to call them on their shit and has done it multiple times during this, which we will get into. But let's start. I figure it's just easier probably to go chronologically and kind of like the topics they've talked about. So, Let's just go from the very beginning and just say, "Give me your initial impressions of when it opened up." JB, what did you think when it when it started out here? How did they come across at the beginning of this this latest town hall?
1: Um, at the very beginning, well, I thought I, I I'll have to echo what you said about John so I think he's great, and he definitely takes them to task when they say things that are completely unlibertarian. And I think that pretty much started off at the beginning when, uh, I guess, Bill Wells started talking about, I guess, colluding, for last, lack of a better term, with uh, telecom industries to bring them into Massachusetts and oh, give them yeah. certain incentives and tax breaks. And Sasa calling them out about that essentially being crony capitalism. And he didn't really seem to have a reply for that other than the fact that it works. And he yeah. got more <laughs> jobs in there, but it is what it is. It is crony capitalism. And they pretty much started off with that. No, just do That was interesting.
0: Exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I remember because like the the first question from the crowd. They did a lot of crowd questions in this one. Was what would you do to create jobs? And I loved Gary Johnson's response right out of the gate, which was just to say the government doesn't create jobs, and like that was it. Boom, end of sentence. And then, of course, Weld's going well. You know, let me talk about this. small business doesn't need big tax cuts. They need assurances taxes are going one way down and they'll employ more people, which I also thought was a little bit ridiculous. It's like, so he's not saying to, to cut taxes, it's just like, eh, yeah, as long as they as long as they think they'll go down and uh, they'll be fine. And then, yeah, talking about bringing it, sitting down with CEOs and making sure they get tax credits and that the regulations favor them. It's like, are you Kidding me, man. You're crony capitalists out the ass. Howie, what did you think of that?
3: Well, first, like right before it started, (laughs) John Stossel is doing like the the opening intro. And there was something like, like, what is a a libertarian? Gary Johnson and Bill Weld will answer that coming up. And I'm thinking in my head is like, (laughs) they're probably not going to answer that question for anybody. Sure enough, you could watch that and. What libertarianism really is about, you didn't hear. I, I think that's the biggest disappointment of this campaign is they could not possibly have picked a worse communicator of the ideas of liberty than Gary Johnson. And then even the, – we're talking about the first question. Yeah. Yeah. Government doesn't create jobs. But, you know, people who aren't familiar with this, which is I think what they're uh, trying to get why, – why they want to be on these shows and get like get the message out. Like, I think a lot of people need a little bit more of an explanation than that.
0: Well, that's, like a, that's a classic thing, though. Gary Johnson never explains his points well enough. He has this one word, not one word, but he has a very encapsulated one-sentence answer, and then he just is like, yep, I did my talking point, and now I'm just going to be quiet. And, and Stossel, I was a little upset with Stossel because he would accept that a lot of the time and move on to another question, probably just because he was concerned about time.
4: I, but- I don't know that he really accepted a lot of it. He deadpanned a lot from what I was picking up. yeah. He would look at them like, well, is that really what a libertarian <laughs> would say? And then he would say, "Ah, oh, we're going to be back after this. It was kind of like he was looking at them like they were complete idiots. <laughs> and what they were talking about. And then he would take it to a commercial break. I kind of enjoyed his just uh, straight man type playing off them and his sideways glances at what they were saying.
0: Yeah, well, speaking of, this is, uh, to skip forward a little bit, because there were some fantastic moments in this debate, one of which was the uh, this tweet, which I will share <laughs> from, it was like at the very end, this tweet but from at J.P. Finney, and uh, just speaking about how Gary's a goofball and how Stossel's kind of like, oh, God. So he goes, does Gary Johnson think he can debate Trump and Clinton? His stage presence lacks command. And the crowd booed, but really they shouldn't. And and so Stossel, you know, he looks at Gary and he's like, what what, what do you think about that? And Gary does this bizarre cackle, like into the camera. He's like, "Ah!" (laughs) and then the weirdest mug face to the side I've ever seen. Like, I don't even know how you would describe the look he gave. Anybody want to take a shot at at describing to the audience the bizarre (laughs) bird-like look he gave to the right? at Nothing in particular.
3: I can't describe it, but he's just such a weird dude. It's like even to despite his whatever his debating skills are, he's just so odd. Like we don't want him. I don't think I want him on stage in the public eye and people thinking like, oh, this is what libertarians are. If we want to stop being in the fringe, be considered serious contenders. I don't yeah. think Gary Johnson's the person to represent that.
0: Yeah, exactly, and then also somebody else said, you know, and Stossel even weighed in. He goes, "Well, you know what? That after Gary did that weird cackle and and uh, whatever shrug glance, and then he, and then like Gary also sat there, leaned forward and kind of put his head in his in his hand like he was listening to a small child tell him a story. It was so <laughs> so, so weird.
1: Yeah, and, I don't even. And- Want right. To touch that. I don't know what was going on there at the end, and <laughs> if that was supposed to instill confidence in, in the libertarian faithful that he'd be able to hold its own. It was kind of embarrassing.
3: When he did that, didn't Stossel say, like, I think this is what they're talking That's ex- about?
1: Exactly! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> St- yeah, Stossel was like, this is what he means.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because Weld has more command, you know? And then, of course, the best part was, after Gary is called out on not having stage presence and not being the one, you know, who can really voice it. Who answers the question? Bill Weld answers the question. Did
4: you notice that he answered? Most of Weld's answers were much longer and more detailed than Gary Johnson's. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, it's, I think if someone was watching that debate and, or not the, the town hall, and, and they saw Johnson and Weld and no one said who the presidential candidate was and who the vice presidential candidate was, I think 99% of people would think Bill Weld was actually the. Uh, person running for president because Gary Johnson's just a goof. He doesn't have a lot to say, and then and, and Weld was interrupting him, yeah, and, and contradicting him,
0: and contradicting <laughs> him. Yeah, we'll talk. Actually, while we're on that topic, yeah, I guess I'm completely abandoning the chronological order I was planning on going in. <laughs> Screw that, because there's one spot specifically I wanted to talk about where Weld completely contradicted him, and I was just like, "Are you arguing against yourself right now? Are, are you two debating yourselves?" on stage at this moment and it was with foreign aid Have you guys yeah. remember this oh you, yeah, yeah definitely yeah so somebody brought up foreign aid and gary johnson goes yeah you know we should cut it why should we be building roads overseas when we need that infrastructure here fine which and granted you know we not to get into a whole let's uh you know have a public works thing where we're building roads here but the infrastructure is shit we can agree on that and then well it goes well yeah but uh, you know Except on Israel. Uh, you know, I have a long history with Israel, and it'll be a, a cold day in July before we'd freeze them out. And then Stossel goes, so you guys don't agree on this? And you hear Weld go, right.
3: Actually, Johnson then was like, he's like, no. And he starts going into something that has nothing to do with it. At nothing,
0: all. yeah, nothing at all but, to do with it. And then
3: they just let it go. I wish Stossel called him to task on that, but... That just went to the next topic.
0: Yeah, he's just like Gary's just like, oh yeah, it's for food and medicine, but really just procs up foreign dictators. But yeah, Rico, like you're saying, he's interrupting him and contradicting him at the same time. It's like, shouldn't you guys talk about this ahead of time? Yeah, I mean, yeah, God forbid the topic of Israel comes up in a debate. Because people never talk about that. I can only imagine after the town
4: hall, they go backstage and Weld's like, you idiot! You don't talk unless I tell you.
0: To. <laughs> you don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and, I can't believe Gary Johnson doesn't come out with black eyes all the time.
3: All the most I, awful I, stuff that's come out of this campaign has been from Weld. If he wasn't his running mate, if it was someone decent, I don't think I would be as down about this whole ticket as I am. But
1: he's—he's
3: he's just terrible. He's so much worse than Johnson.
1: Bill Weld is a disaster, and he's like derailing this whole campaign here. He's—he's he's, maybe it's because Gary Johnson seems so, I guess, weak willed. Essentially, he's—he's he's too dumb. He takes up too much of the stage presence, I guess, and he just completely takes things over. And he's supposed to be the vice presidential candidate. I don't even know why he's there to begin with. I might I might not be like 60 years old and seen so many presidential elections and debates, but never before in my uh, memory have I seen a vice presidential candidate take so much of the stage. I don't even think Bill Walsh should be there, at least he's not like at the beginning.
4: Can you imagine, like, Hillary's vice president—who was it, Cain? I already forgot. Yeah, Tim Cain. And saying, well, (laughs) I think Secretary Clinton might be missing the boat on this
0: question. (laughs) Right? He would end up dead in a ditch the next day. (laughs) Yeah,
1: this behavior is unheard of. Like, you're completely undermining your presidential running mate.
0: And not even and, being shy about. It. I mean, it's one of the things you say. Look, talk about it behind the scenes. If you disagree, just you don't have to say anything. Like Bill Weld didn't have to come out and talk about Israel and how they would never take funding off of Israel's plate. It's like, hey, Bill, just shut up and let it go. You don't well, see, have he, and to and he talk He mentions there. again that
3: he's friends with all these statists that he's going to take advice from. There, you know, went to law school with them, whatever. Good kids.
4: You uh, went through at law school with Russ Feingold. Okay, yeah. well, I'll let him pick the uh, next Supreme Court justice. That's great.
1: Isn't that like nepotism? And aren't you yeah, exactly. not supposed to do things like that? He <laughs> seems pretty open with this. Like, well, I'm going to give all these positions to my friends because I know them for a long time. Aren't you at he, least supposed to pretend like you don't do that and you get these positions by merit?
0: Yeah, Rika. Who did you go to when you when you mailed away for that degree with your twenty five dollars? Who uh, who else sent their check in? <laughs> Um, yeah, so speaking of the Supreme Court, though, I will say he's throwing out some names there and Russ Feingold, who's considered one of the most progressive uh, senators when he was in there. But I will say this, though. I'm not saying Russ Feingold is the best choice, but to defend Russ Feingold a little bit and God, you know how I hate defending Bill Weldon anyway. But Russ Feingold, to his credit, did vote against the Patriot Act, did try to make people aware of Section 215. And, like our boy Randy Pants, also filibustered the Patriot Act renewal. So, I mean, hey, that's not too bad. Give him credit on that side of things.
4: Yeah, Is he still Weld against the Patriot Act?
0: I wonder. That's a very good question. I don't know.
3: E- even if he said he was, I just don't trust him at all, either. I mean, he, he says one thing on guns one day, he says something else another day, he's...
0: Yeah, well, we addressed the whole gun issue where you can you can magically pull a pin out of the gun and make it into an automatic weapon in our last uh, Mister Johnson's Liberty Hood, which I will link to in the show notes. But yeah, Bill Weld, he's this he is he's very hard to trust, and especially when you know now that he's completely down with cronyism. And that was a question too that came up during this debate. It was, it, somebody asked him how would how would you support free markets while fighting cronyism? And Gary Johnson. After Bill Weld talks about what is essentially crony capitalism, which is pointed out by Stossel, he said, well, you know, people associate it with cronyism. <laughs> and we want the government out of it. And then he's talking about how he'd veto bills. And then Weld waves in and goes, well, you know, Warren, uh, you know, the, the Fed gal Warren says that government created jobs rather than business. And then it dropped one of the worst lines of the entire town hall. I hope you guys caught it. When he told them to gag him with a spoon and i'm sure the people who write vh1 pop-up video for the 90s were like hey thank god bill welds cribbing notes from our from our shows oh so awkward man just the crowd's like ha, 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 ha. thank you bill
3: oh something that they were talking about when they were talking about a business and that bill welds like well you know what we believe that you know a willing seller she able to sell whatever he wants a willing buyer you know whatever i'm like well not when it comes to drugs, uh, your campaign doesn't think that heroin should be legal. And I bet if Saul asked you guys about prostitution or something,
0: yeah, uh, I'm so sad that there wasn't a guy in the audience to ask him about legalizing prostitution, like in the last CNN Anderson Cooper one. Uh, where is that guy? Where was that hero? He's a hero of men. So how about this? Let's talk about uh, another topic. Why don't we talk? Like, like you mentioned, the willing buyers and sellers. That was on the topic of Uber. And, um, again, I like Stossel's point where he, you know, Gary Johnson said, we want to make it easier for the sharing industry to thrive, like Uber, like um, Airbnb. And Stossel asked the question, which is a very pertinent question, why is it even a role for the president to be involved? And Gary said, yeah, we wouldn't put anything in the way, which that's fine. And I did actually like that. Well, throughout that libertarian talking point, though, despite there, there's a little bit of uh, hypocrisy there. But I like that they're actually throwing out a libertarian talking point that is willing buyers and sellers should be able to exchange goods and services without the government being involved. I
4: don't think Johnson got the point initially until Stossel actually said, why are you concerned about what happens in Austin, Texas? And then. It was like a hint to Gary, like, yeah, this is not a, uh, a problem for the federal government to be solved. And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like he just doesn't get it initially.
0: Do you think during the commercial breaks, every time they go to a break, stossel leans in and he's like, hey, moron, I'm trying to help you out here. Like, here's what I'm going to ask. Why don't you think about your answers ahead of time? Let me know. You give me a nod and I'll write down some keywords at, you can as drop. As soon as they go to right. a
4: commercial break, stossel leans back in his chair throws his index cards behind him and just sighs very loudly.
0: <laughs> Probably. So I I will now how about this day who wants to bring up the next topic? I'll I'll throw it out there. How about uh, Howie? What do you want to what do you want to bring up in this uh, forum for the score next how topic?
3: about how nobody still knows who they are? <laughs> they were showing a, they're just going right. around showing people on the street these big blown up photos of them and no one knows who Weldon Johnson are. I mean we're really looking at them under a microscope here like on shows like this but the general public has no idea
0: i think that they actually should just have people constantly walking around with with their faces on posters just that's it just to walk around be like "Do you know who this is and people be like i I have no idea and then they can just yell gary johnson and throw a joint at him and i think that'll get a lot of people
3: i bet in 2008 or 2012 a lot of people would recognize ron paul for sure
0: yeah, true. I mean, Ron Paul, though, he has been in the public eye a little bit more. Well, I guess, you know, a lot of people didn't really know who he was, is true. But he also, Ron Paul would go out on on a limb and fight a lot more, making very bold statements where, like we've said in yeah. the past, you don't hear many bold statements out of Gary. No. He just does because he doesn't want to throw rocks. He, he
3: believed in his convictions and he wasn't afraid to stand up for it, even if it was something unpopular or like, you know, a part of libertarianism that is a little hard to grasp for uh, someone not rooting the philosophy that's just hearing it for the first time. Well, drugs be legal. And Ron Paul's like, well, how many people here are going to start doing heroin if uh, right. if they legalize it? Like, oh, good thing we have the government to keep it, keep me from doing heroin or I'd be a, a mess. Right. It also <laughs>
0: helped that Ron Paul was so deeply educated on the economic side of things. So he could yeah. constantly be in the public eye on CNN and on MSNBC and on Bloomberg talking about the economic ramifications of government action as well. Whereas, God forbid, can you see Gary out there talking about economics? That's another one. Does anybody in doubt that Gary will throw it to Bill Weld if it comes to anything like about economic uh, issues?
4: Oh, hold on. Let me get my uh, tag team partner in here to answer this question. And they shuffle spots on stage.
0: <laughs> I hope so. They literally, it's going to be like Step Brothers. They're just going to switch places. And it's going to be amazing. Or maybe they'll go into like a Cronenberg machine like in the fly. We might get a super candidate. Where they're going to get two pods, mash them together into the true Johnson weld.
1: I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about that because I hardly ever see these debates get that in depth in any particular topic to go into like the nuts and bolts of you know, the effects of government intervention in, in the economy. When do they ever even come close to going over something like that in a typical presidential debate? It's always, like, catchphrases and buzz terms, and I promise to do this. They never really go into any detail about anything.
4: They always say, go to my website and check out my 32-point plan for improving the economy. I, I wonder what, I haven't seen it, the Johnson Weld campaign uh, campaign website looks like. It's probably just, like, a picture of Johnson holding a cat or something. <laughs>
0: Probably. It's probably a picture of Bill Weld majestically riding a stallion. And that's the only image. Johnson's not even on it.
3: Hey, since Johnson said he's not going to smoke pot when he's the president, I wish he would. Has he made any kind of pledge to like stop climbing mountains and things like that? Because if he dies, I I do not want Weld. I'm much I'm much more concerned about him stopping his uh, extracurricular activities besides marijuana. than uh... If
4: Gary Johnson falls off a mountain when he was president, I'd want to know where Bill Weld was at the time. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Bill Will coincidentally is climbing the exact same mountain about 10 feet higher. With his, old,
3: with his old friend Hillary Clinton. Yeah.
0: While we're talking about pot, there was a guy. So they did video questions from a producer in the field. And I got to play this one question so we could talk about the marijuana issue and Gary's Gary's response on it real quick. But listen to this. Listen to this question from the crowd real fast.
2: How are you going to legalize marijuana in all its forms? Cannabis, the plant, indica, sativa, and hemp. How are you going to do
4: it?
0: Said like a true genius. <laughs> that guy was great. <laughs> he was, <laughs> it was amazing. He's
4: like, I'm only going to legalize it in five of its six forms. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's like, I swear to God, his eyes were looking in two different directions. I mean, he was a real find. But it does bring the question, How? you know, how are you going to handle it? And and uh, Bill Well or not Bill Well Gary Johnson he just said day one we're going to deschedule weed as a class one which is good and he mentioned banking which is actually a, a pretty huge issue because a lot of the times people don't realize that it's not just the legalization on the state level but and and there's been legislation put in place too that's going to free it up um, but. The biggest problem is these these places, they have the legal weed business. However, from a federal standpoint, the banks won't deal with the money because it's technically illegal still. So they don't want to get into the whole money laundering thing. So that's a big issue. So it's interesting to hear Gary Johnson talk about the banking. But what else do you guys think he should have said about that? And we'll start with JB. I
1: think Gary's answer on this particular topic was pretty good. Um, Descheduling it would definitely go a long way towards helping the state's. Um, come up with their own legislation and ease things through without worrying about the federal government over their shoulders, and especially like you mentioned with the with the bank issue. Bringing that up looks like he's at least a, this one aspect he's thought it through and can present his case fairly well in in a short amount of time. So I'm pretty happy with what he said. I wouldn't. I don't feel the need to add any more to it.
0: All right, Howie, what about you?
3: I mean, I think his plan for marijuana is fine, but the real travesty here is the war on drugs, which is ruining lives so many people we have like nonviolent criminals locked up and just like families destroyed i mean that's a huge crisis and that's i mean i wish i had a champion of liberty out there somewhere that was talking about that instead of just oh well i'm gonna remove marijuana from being scheduled and all right great but still
0: no he 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 did talk about that a little bit cuz somebody asked him about how would he stop the war on drugs but he kind of went back to the same thing about marijuana and that and focusing on on uh, you know treating drugs as a medical thing rather than a criminal thing. So, and he talked a little bit. There was a woman who, and this was awesome actually. There was, do you remember? There was a woman that was talking about the prison system, and she was she was prattling on. She was like, you know, I go to a lot of prisons, and I uh, you know, there's a lot of women in prisons. What's your question, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Stossel's so great. <laughs> But your question, (laughs) ma'am. God, I love you, John Stossel. John Stossel 2020, by the way, come on, let's get him out there. I want him running.
3: And like those ideas too, are a step in the positive direction. So I don't want to give him, you know, too much crap for it. But still, if they're still illegal, you're still going to have the black market with all the violence that comes with all the, uh, you know, drugs that aren't what they're saying is being sold. Maybe not the right quantity or the composition. And it's, there's just so many problems that would still go on it 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 is better than what we do now what Johnson would do but still it's it's a half measure I don't know I had a
4: question about it so he said they're not going to have he'd remove it from the schedule one i think but that doesn't eliminate the possibility they'll put it in schedule two schedule three which could also have a whole different range of penalties so is he really going you know that bold of a step for uh, you know far, is he going far enough I, I think he said he, he, said he was gonna. Schedule.
3: Yeah, I think he said right. that too. But even if they did make it schedule too, then it would anyone be able to get it with a prescription?
4: Yeah, but still, do you need a prescription to go buy a beer? You know, I, I mean, yeah. this is a libertarian, and, and you're saying, "Well, I need to get a prescription from a doctor to to get something that's less harmful than no." Yeah. It seems a little... Right, ridiculous. something
0: that you can grow in your own backyard, too. Yeah. You know, it's like, I need a prescription for that? Do I need a prescription? If I want to eat a handful of, uh, let's say, I want to pick a a, a pick a pack of posies, <laughs> the old rhyme, and shove that in my mouth and eat it, why should that be anybody's business? It's in my backyard. Yeah, you shouldn't have to get any, any sort of prescription for it. I agree that he should just be calling for full decriminalization and legalization nationwide of it. I mean, granted... The states can still do what they want with it, but on a federal level, legalize marijuana, baby. People would uh, vote with their feet. If states are,
4: you know, criminalizing it, people would move and uh, they would see, you know, other effects of their... uh, choices the states would so i mean way we yeah. back to the states but that, the problem would take care you know on its own
0: exactly and also industry would pop up I mean we already see how the industry is really blown up in places like colorado so if states are legalizing it you'd have a lot of industry that would draw people to work in those states as well so yeah there's no there's no disincentive by saying from a federal level this is legal go ahead states do what you want with it it makes just vastly more sense and i wish you would say something along those lines Hey Rika, while you're you were talking a bunch, how about you talk the uh, the next topic for us?
4: Okay, well, my favorite topic was well the last two questions. Uh, you already mentioned one of them, but like the last two questions were basically listeners trolling Johnson and Weld. You know, the one was <laughs> uh, like, uh, "Do you have stage presence?" And then Gary Johnson giggling, like, "Okay, no." <laughs> that one. And I think the last question was uh, Bill Weld. Why do you claim to be a libertarian?
0: Yes, that was. I, I wrote this down exactly because I, and I took a picture of it too, which I will post in the show notes at lionsofliberty.com forward slash 240. Yeah, Tasha Moore, which, and somebody, Somebody find Tasha Moore on Facebook and invite her to join our forum because we need her in our Facebook forum. But, yeah, it was, quote, Mr. Weld, what can you say to assure us you are, in fact, libertarian at heart? Because I'm just not believing it.
4: <laughs> Great question. And, you know, his his answer was such bullshit. He's like, oh, I wrote about. Frederick Hayek in, in law school I don't, I don't know, what, or what context Was he writing about Frederick Hayek in law school That's but.
0: true. maybe he was arguing against everything He was
3: saying yeah, did Didn't Stossel say like, yeah, so what makes you Different than a liberal Republican, really
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly And also, and then Weld's other point of view uh, Other uh, cred, he goes Well, you know what, I walked into a, a room of people and I uh, And I introduced myself as a libertarian And they were pretty quiet It's like, that's great that's a big one. Is anybody there to witness it? No? All right. Sounds good, Bill. Thanks a lot, buddy. Keep on moving. Yeah, nothing Nothing on the policy platform, nothing to really quantify his status as a libertarian in any way, shape, or form, just the fact that he wrote a paper on Hayek in the past. I mean, hell, we all had to write a paper on, uh, on Hitler, I'm sure, at some point growing up in, in high school, but it doesn't make us Nazis. <laughs> just want to say that. But yeah, well- that was
4: awesome. Yeah, so I I didn't get the uh, sense that Weld really answered that question too well, but I did enjoy the listener uh, effing with them a little bit. So that was great.
0: That was uh, yeah. It's always it's always good to see, and I love that Stossel's just chucking it out there. You know you know when Stossel got that question, he was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's what we're finishing. We're this saving with.
4: this for the end.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna lull them into a false sense of security, and then bam, pow, right in the kisser. All right, JB, how about you? Do you have a, a, a topic you want to throw out?
1: Uh, I actually a couple, I guess. Well, I'd start with uh, I don't think they they touched on the topic of um, I guess private business discrimination again.
0: They did, yeah. You said they didn't, or they
1: did? They did. Yeah. And I don't know if they answered that question at all. What they do you did. guys think when they were um? This is another um instance where Weld interrupted Johnson while he was trying to give his position about whether they would force businesses to serve people that they didn't want to serve. And they kept, uh, I think Sastel kept on asking them, should a Muslim entrepreneur have to sell pork because people wanted it? And I don't really think they gave an answer to what they would do if they were in in the presidency to deal with this situation of private business discrimination. What do you guys think?
0: Well, I think you're exactly right to bring it up, and Weld, yeah, Weld's thing. They went into this tangent about this Utah religious law, which, by the way, has basically no impact on it. Because Weld's talking about how churches are, you know, churches can do what they want, and Stossel called about on that too. He's like, yeah, but we're talking about businesses, we're not talking about churches here, man. Like, what are you like? What are you talking about? And yeah, it was a train. I wrote in all caps in my notes: train wreck. Because Gary's talking about how, oh, you know, discrimination is the wrong thing to do. And and legislation, you know, would force to sell with force. It's like, where are you going with it? What are you talking about? You're still saying he still said you have to bake a cake. But then he goes, but you know what? But you don't have to decorate it because that would that would violate your First Amendment rights.
4: I wanted to slap him when he said that. Right. (laughs) You just don't get it, Gary. Just God. I don't know if at this point it's like. They he doesn't want to back off of it because it seems like that's like the one thing people are remembering about him. And if he backs off on it, then he has completely no credibility. But well, he flipped answers, on the carbon tax. Yeah. He tried to explain that, too. And why um, not flip on this?
0: Yeah. So so for those of you know, I'll link to the video to this, too. But J- Gary Johnson, we called him out. Rico and I, uh, another L- Mr. Liberty. Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood called him out on supporting carbon tax and uh, and got into an interesting tiff on our YouTube page with a libertarian who was all for carbon tax, which is interesting. But Gary has now flip-flopped on it saying, oh, no, you know, the, you know the, regis- the legislation I was reading, I thought it did something else. And no, no, I'm not for a carbon tax anymore. Well, it so. seems
4: like he said the carbon tax as is- he just couldn't figure out a way to make it work at this time. Like he wasn't completely backing off of it. He's just like, "Eh, it's impractical the way it's currently. Yeah.
3: He still thinks in principle, it's a good idea. Yeah. It's not. I
4: don't, I don't know that he's completely doing a one eighty on the carbon tax, but he's not shifting at all on this religious liberty. And for some reason he hasn't even gotten a more well thought out answer in all these months. Like at least he could try to articulate some semblance of, reasoning behind it, but they're still just hemming and hawing, and it's it's just awkward and uncomfortable to watch and try to explain it.
0: Agreed. It's like, do they have people? I mean, I, I do PR for a living. There's got to be—I'm sure I could come up with about 15 different ways you could talk about this topic and not sound as stupid as he always sounds on it. And especially the worst thing he said during this, when he was trying to defend this train wreck of an answer, is he goes, well, the situation doesn't exist, it's like, if it doesn't exist, then why were we talking about it? Why have we been talking about it for the last two years? And why is there legislation being put in place if it doesn't exist? Clearly, it comes up fairly often.
3: If you held his beliefs and thought that, blah this was an issue and something should be done, wouldn't a libertarian solution be to stop government subsidizing of like the coal industry and other like fossil fuel, the oil companies? How about that? Why don't you let it cost what it would really cost on the market and let a real free market solution work instead of some government scheme that's just gonna make some people rich and do nothing at all?
0: Yeah. Well, let's say so, you know, let's move on to another topic staying on the on the town hall. There's one I want to talk about, which was education. I liked what happened with education. I liked their answers. I think that's one of their better topics in truth. And basically somebody had brought up the topic saying, you know, what would you do to help American schools and yada yada? Gary came out and said, I would just abolish the Department of Education straight out, which is great. And then Weld was talking about getting more charter schools, which initially I was like, I don't know about that because they get government money. But I did a little bit of research, and there's an interesting instance in Louisiana. So Louisiana, after all the flooding happened or after Katrina happened, they went on basically like an all charter school plan. And essentially what happened there is they had five-year contracts, and the contracts are like perform or bust. After five years, they look at the performance of the school, and then if they don't like it, blam, your school's like done. <laughs> You're effed. And the parents also had school choice. They could go to pretty much any district in, in the area or any school in the area. So what did you guys think about that answer?
4: Well, apparently I don't watch the show anymore because I, I can't take it. But apparently John Oliver did a big thing about how charter schools are just fraudulent and a waste of money. And I think he completely missed from what I read about his segment, he completely missed the boat on it. Um, picking like one or two charter schools that have, you know, incompetent faculty or poorly run. Of course, there's going to be schools. You can find any public school you know, district in, in the country almost that's poorly run. But I, I would charter- challenge
0: people to find ones that aren't poorly run.
4: Yeah, exactly. But charter schools on, on a whole cost less than public schools and achieve better results if you kind of weigh against the uh, you know results of public schools in the same area. So I don't think there's anything wrong uh, per se with charter schools. You're not going to get rid of at least some kind of state funding for schools, period. But I think that's it's definitely a way to improve school performance. The part about eliminating the Department of Education seems kind of like a layup for a libertarian. So I don't really give them that much credit for that answer. But,
3: yeah, I went to Catholic school for first through like 12th. And I always thought it was crazy that my parents had to pay taxes for public schools, too, even though they had to pay for like my education. On top of that,
0: yeah, I agree. You should be able to get. I mean, one hundred percent. If you're putting your child through a school system, I think you should have a tax credit where you get that money back. You shouldn't be paying for someone else's kids if you're not paying for your own children to use that.
4: But that, that's a local issue. I mean, that's you know not going to be solved at the federal level. Which no, agreed. Out. But it's something people should be aware of at least, and and maybe realize. Look, you know, you're a large education problems are not <laughs> solved by throwing more money at. At schools, because of
3: no, but uh, I mean, it doesn't solve the problem. But I do think that vouchers would be better. So, if someone wants to uh, go to a, send their kids to a private school, they should have to use that tax money It's already been taken from them to put towards that. Yeah.
4: I don't, I don't dis- disagree with that
1: at all.
0: I, you Spe- know, what, I'll go ahead, Jamie.
1: Speaking about uh, local versus federal level, another person asked a question in the education vein. Um, I can't remember exactly how it was worded, but he basically said if there wasn't maybe wasn't a department of education or federal oversight where i grew up the community would have pressured the school into teaching creationism over evolution yeah which i think is a bad idea what do you think about that
0: yeah that was an interesting question i i thought that I mean I thought that Gary Johnson kind of did a good job answering it though. He you know he basically said it's not our job to police that.
1: Yeah, that's and, exactly what he said, which is a very libertarian answer. He said that's basically not our problem. There's like this it's not it's <clears throat> out of our hands if the local community decides to do that. But what I want to like um I guess the topic I want to broach is is that necessarily the case if libertarian or not? Do you think that it's a good idea to because local or federal, we're still one country? Do you think it's in the best interest of everyone to be learning different things?
4: Here's the answer to that like, if you can't say the obvious answer is to move, you know, to a different school district, okay, but say it's not the you know, it's not that easy just. To move, you know, to move your house and, you know, get, find a new house and whatever. The the, uh, the secondary answer is, OK, get a library card. If you don't like what your kids are uh, learning in school, you say, OK, well, this is what they're teaching. Uh, my efforts at the PTA have been unsuccessful. Everyone in the community is like on board to teach creationism. All right. I understand as a parent. I see what you're, you're being taught in school. I don't really agree with it. Here, let's go to the library, get a book. You read this, and then you question your teacher at school. Like, well,
0: also, here's another thing that uh, God, I'm really, I'm going to say another thing that I like that Bill Weld said. I, he's he's mind welded me, people. He's gotten in my brain. <laughs> mind welded. God damn him! I'll have a colostomy bag any minute now. Um, no, but he also Bill Weld talked about the fact that he said I'm all for homeschooling, including distance education for K through 12. And I think that is a great concept where you say, okay. An example where you have a local school district that says, hey, you know what, we're we want to believe in creationism. That's what we're going to teach. That's what the people, the local people have have decided. And and fine. To have that option to say, fine, you do that. I'm going to keep my kid home. I'm going to homeschool him. And he's going to use distance learning because now there are K through 12 distance education uh, programs. And I think that's great. I think it's a fantastic free market solution.
3: Doesn't Ron Paul have a homeschool program?
0: What doesn't Ron Paul have? He's great.
3: He's amazing. I wish he was just a little. <laughs> if he was just a little bit younger, we need him today. I don't know more than more than anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, man. Well, you know what? We can't. You can't think about what we don't have, and you you don't know what you had until it's gone, Howie. It's a fact. <laughs> But, yeah, the education – I mean, what do you guys think that that's a – I mean, to me, that seems like a fantastic solution to pretty much all that ails you if you have an issue with your local school system. So what do you guys think about the concept of putting that out? And, be like, and you know, it could be private companies doing it as long as they can be – well, this also brings up a question of of licensing, though, and you'd have to have a licensing body, or you don't have to have a licensing body, but for education and then saying, okay, what does and doesn't count as a legitimate high school degree? So I guess there's problems on top of it. So what do you guys think of that concept, though? Of
1: I think it's a great concept, but it would have to go hand in hand with what Howie was talking about in receiving tax credits. Because I know I don't have any children, but as a parent, if I'm paying for the school district teaching something I don't agree with on a fundamental level and then, just, then decide to pull my children out and pay more money so they can get what I deem a proper education, I would want that money back and if i can't get that money back it's going to be a problem for me so i think those two those two topics kind of go hand in hand you have to have both for it to really be an effective system
0: yeah bam how about uh, by the way here's another bam talking about education from john stossel the best so they were talking about student debt if you guys remember that and, I, and i'm not going to go too much into into student debt but they did Gary Johnson did have a great answer on that, just saying that the reason for high debt is government-guaranteed student loans. So the government has a lot to do with the, the debt and the raise in tuition. So good job on that point, Gary. But I loved where this kid said, what are you going to do to help me with my student debt? And John Stossel, of all people, he goes, you know what I keep waiting for? I keep waiting for a libertarian to answer uh, that, what will you do to help me with my debt? Much by saying Nothing.
4: But Scott <laughs> Stossel with a yeah. better answer than the libertarian candidates. And that, that that questioner was kind of peculiar because he started off, I think, saying, well, I, I understand that, you know, government involvement has, you know, caused all these problems. But what are you going to do for me? It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> your, your second part of your question completely ignores the logic in the first part of your
0: question. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Maybe some critical thinking skills are in order, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Next time you want to get on national TV, make sure you've thought this out. the
1: more reason he wants that money back, obviously, he's learned nothing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, All right. How about this? Well, one more. I want to talk about one more topic and then we'll bounce it and talk about a couple other quick things. I want to play another little clip that came up because they were talking about foreign again, foreign and and, uh, the involvement with the military, which, uh, Let's talk real quick about Bill Weld's answer on the military. Do you guys remember? Who wants to throw it out? Who remembers what Bill Weld said about the military and our military supremacy? Not me. I actually don't remember.
1: Neither do I.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. All right. Well, I guess we'll just keep on moving. I'll tell you guys because it was a fantastic answer to make fun of. (laughs) <laughs> and even John Stossel made fun of it. <laughs> so they're asked about the military might and how you know how are we going to keep it safe? Some guys like I'm voting for Trump because I think he's going to keep me safe from uh, from the boogeyman. And I mean, that guy, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Bill Weld said, well, you know we we need to have military supremacy in the air and in the naval uh, in the naval department, and we need to demonstrate that supremacy. And John Stossel was like. Wait a minute! Hold on now. You're, you're, you 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 want you're you're talking about military supremacy and demonstrating that, but you want to cut military? Like, what the hell are you talking about? And then, of course, Bill Watt had to clarify a little bit and say, "Well, well, yeah, but no boots on the ground, and uh, unless we were attacked, and and no no involvement in regime change." And that will lead me in to this next clip that I need to play. That was fan fricking tastic. Now, just give a quick listen to this this gem of a man.
2: Um, I believe uh, regime change and um, regime change worked in uh, Germany, it has worked in Japan, and it worked in Iraq until um, Obama pulled out. Why not su- Why not support boots on the ground when the U.S. Um, assets are well, essentially Germ- at Germany and Japan... So... <laughs> this
0: freaking guy... <laughs> I mean, what what can you say to that? Really, like again, who's betting these these questions? I wonder. Did John Stossel just go? This question is so dumb, we have to allow it.
4: <laughs> I think they somehow turned this guy's microphone off because Gary was like trying to engage in a back and forth with them, and then he you could see him he was talking back a little bit, and then Gary went again, and then you could see him talking again, but there was no sound out of his mic. So I think they're like, okay, enough, enough, enough out of this guy is enough.
0: Yeah, because it's just, it's just so crazy. It's like, it, you know, regime change worked in Germany and Japan. It's like <laughs> that was called World War Two.
4: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so uh, we killed Hitler. Or, <laughs> I guess it's, the,
0: it's the, like, uh, yeah, remember that regime change when the Napoleon was defeated. Same thing, stupid. Just it's just, just such a stupid statement. Open war, uh, and then he's talking about Iraq. But Gary had a good a good response on Iraq, though. He so, you know, he talked about he you goes know, so he goes you he goes you don't believe that. We got, you know, because we got involved in Iraq, isn't why we got involved in Iran and Al-Qaeda fled and became ISIS. And you don't think that was a consequence, you know, the unintentional arming of ISIS. So he actually had a pretty good answer to that moronic question. So at least he can hit the softballs.
4: Well, he didn't come out strong enough, I, I thought, because he kind of engaged, like I said, in a little back and forth with this guy. Where Instead of, instead of just saying, you know, you're wrong. Come on. You like for all these reasons, your your premise of the question is incorrect. And Gary just kind of like, you know, well, do you do you think that it worked? Blah blah. It's like, come on, Gary, just be strong in your answers. That's what
3: you guys imagine how good all these answers would have been if Rand Paul got to ask them. I don't even talk about Ron Paul, but Rand Paul would be doing great against Trump, Hillary, Gary. You put I'll put all these people together.
0: Yeah, Man. Rand Paul was amazing <laughs> on foreign, foreign everything on, on foreign intervention, Rand Paul was pretty much amazing on. But you know what? Actually, hey, for the first time, I can recall the phrase blowback was mentioned in one of these town halls. Granted, it came up from an audience question, but, you know, somebody from the audience asked him, do you believe in blowback? And finally, Gary Johnson said Yes. Yes, he believes in blowback. He tied it in kind of with the drone stuff, but he said, "Yes, it's totally all blowback." You know what's happening with with ISIS. So, thank God that phrase has finally been thrown out there. I, I'm just glad he knows what it is, and, and it's and it's not just something that he thinks is you know, involved with. When you take a big hit of a joint and you blow it in someone else's <laughs> mouth, and you kind of just go back and forth with it. Goddamn,
4: <laughs> <done. laughs>
0: Gary's like, "Oh, I love blowback. It's the best." <laughs> 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 Alright, so let's say so overall then guys, let's uh let's wrap it up. What do you give give a grade from you know let's let's do a like the school grading. So A B C D E F. There's no E <laughs> A through F. What do you give Gary and Bill for this most latest performance? Let's start with JB.
1: Uh I'm gonna go harsh. I'm gonna give them a D. It may it maybe a D plus. Is that really a grade? It, C minus is the less you can get, right? Just and then D's and Fs. There's no D plus. There's I'll no D a, pluses,
0: yeah. I don't think those exist.
1: I'll, I'll give I'll give him a C minus.
0: Alright C, a C minus? minus.
1: There was it was some some libertarianism uh leaking through there, but the presence of Weld and how how like domineering he is and contradictory kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And all the things he says contradictory to what Johnson says, are always, without a doubt, anti-libertarian. So on second thought, I'm going to drop that back down to a D. (laughs) Now that I talked it through, I'm going to give this a D. I wasn't really pleased with this showing. I felt it was pretty poor.
0: All right. What about you, Rico?
1: I agree with uh, JB
4: completely. I feel it was a D. Um, None of their answers were really inspiring to me. Their presentation is not expiring. They don't exude any particular charisma or you know charm that you're like oh these guys are great i want to learn more about them in fact the more you learn about them the less likely you are probably to like them uh the only positive from them is the fact that they're being given airtime you know that their fox business news is trying to push them in, in some ways uh, but uh, you know just the way they come off eh, that's all i can say
0: howie
3: so the last time i was on the lions Literary podcast i i said i i felt bad for being so hard in gary johnson because he's so much better than hillary or trump and did like that right after that air it's like one thing after another that they come out with that whether it's weld and the the assault rifles carbon tax everything and for this, for a libertarian town hall, I'm going to give them an F because they have completely failed at um, conveying the message of liberty. They are not professional at all. They're an embarrassment to libertarian party. I think they hurt the cause, and I mean I, I know some people support them, but they're also attracting people who aren't libertarians, and it's just going to to poison the party. I, I really think this is terrible, such a missed opportunity. This would could have been such a great chance and – I feel like they fail at what we should want to try to accomplish.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I don't I'm not going to give them high marks as I'm going to give them slightly higher marks than you guys, just because I've been I've been following them so much now that I can see where they're making slight improvements. And there are some of the answers they got out there were a little bit better. So I'm going to give them. A C minus <laughs> because they did get some talking points out there foreign aid answer was good acknowledging blowback was good. they had some good answers you know the education answers were good. I'll give them a little bit of credit, but overall I agree they they swing and miss so often and Weld is such an awful an awful influence an awful voice for liberty. He's completely unlibertarian in every way. Good job, Tasha Moore, on calling him out, and John Stossel. God bless him; he's he is fantastic at this, and he really exposed. I mean, he's trying to give them more more light and more airtime, which is great for the average person. But you know, for us, for us libertarians, it really does expose just how unlibertarian they are, and that is frustrating as hell. So, yeah, not not great.
3: You know, I consider Johnson Weld as a team as they've explicitly stated they are, you know, many, many times, but if this had just been Johnson and none of the stuff Weld says or does has been a part of it, I think Johnson could have squeaked out a C-minus for me.
0: Yeah, exactly. But Bill Weld really, really cuts him down quite a bit. And that's what often, I mean, it happens all the time. We do Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood. Gary will be cruising along doing okay. And then you get Bill Weld in the mind Weld here. And it just is like, bam, Johnson off, Johnson off, Johnson off, Johnson off. And by the and way, ch- guys, there is a Mr. Uh, Johnson's Liberty Hood that's going to be coming up in a couple of weeks. And that's going to have comedian Ryan Stout on it, who is uh, supporting Johnson. So this is interesting because we're talking about it. We're all we're all talking inside ball here. So it's going to be interesting when I have him on the show. And he is hilarious, by the way. You got to check out his he, he he don't give no shits and <laughs> his comedy. <laughs> he is hilarious. I mean, but. He just, you know, he's coming from an outsider's perspective. So it's going to be interesting to hear his take when we do Johnson's and John's offices uh, because he's not going to be dissecting it as deeply as we are. So that'll be that'll be a fun exercise. Now, one more thing I want to talk about before we wrap this up. It's been a huge news story, and that is all of the discussion about this EpiPen. And if you guys at home have not been following the story Basically, this drug company has raised the cost of the EpiPen. It used to be $100. Now they've raised it all the way up to, I believe, it is $500. And they did it over the course of, you know, like, over the course of seven years, they've raised it, like, exponentially. And now this latest increase is just um, unforgivable in the eyes of many people, uh, including myself. And there's a reason for that, because it's not tied into the free market. Now... You guys might know jack about this, but if you have a take on it, I'm open to hearing it, and then I'll give my own little uh, diatribes a little bit later on. Howie, I know you're tied into this.
3: I don't know that I'm tied into it.
0: I mean, not tied into it from a personal (laughs) standpoint. We know know your girlfriend's a spy for the NSA, and she's listening to this, so don't reveal too much.
1: He's you know, a stockholder, so he can't, uh, he can't <laughs> disparage the company too much. So <laughs>
3: I, I really think that it, you know, the price raise in the EpiPen isn't the issue at all. The issue is the FDA and our whole medical and insurance system in America and how uh, like expensive it is to, and how long it takes to bring a drug to trial. I, I mean, I think that's why there aren't competitors. There's too many regulations and loopholes to jump through to get something on the market. That you know, why should I start up an EpiPen company?
0: Yeah, that's, well, that's that exactly right. And that's where, um, to give a little bit more background, so it, specifically the company we're talking about is called Mylan. And the CEO of the company is named uh, Bresch. I'm, I'm blanking on her first name right now. But her father, Heather Bresch, her father was a senator for a long time. and he is a senator now. Is a, oh, yeah, he's still a senator. Yeah, so her So her career, uh, coincidentally... Went upwards with his career. Like she became, you know, quote unquote, worked her way up in this company, but really was just promoted and promoted. She was made a lobbyist when he was in the Senate, coincidence, Uh, where they got a lot of benefit. And to your point, Howie, a lot of what has to do with these price increases is not free market. It is complete crony capitalism in every possible way. Because what my, what my, I keep wanting to say Mylar, Mylan managed to do through a lot of their influence through lobbying lobbying in this crony capitalist system is they were able to get in, get their only patent on the market, and then the government then put all these different regulations, and like you said, loopholes in there, or not loopholes, but hoops that people had to jump through that were competitors. So EpiPen is a worse product that has to be adopted by schools because the government mandated that they would give grants only to schools that got blocks of EpiPens, which means EpiPen can raise the prices, kind of like just like our, uh, our tuition rates go up because the government's backing it. And now, any competitor that comes into the market has to abide by completely different standards than EpiPen does. So, yeah, go, JB. I
1: find it absolutely hilarious. In the same vein that this uh, Mylan heavily, heavily lobbied the the federal government to mandate that every airline, not just American Airlines, mind you, any airline that flies into the United States has to have EpiPens on on the airplane, and before jacking up the price to like six hundred dollars a pen right so yeah. they mandate like with a, in addition to the schools to airline suit that they have to carry these things and then we're going to increase the price by like 300 percent just so you know just to pad onto that i'm like this is unbelievable like how, how exactly does this work
0: seriously it's nuts it's like the opposite of the russian bride scam where the russian bride fucks you before they get in bed with you then they refuse to have sex with you this is the complete opposite
4: <laughs>
0: what? Don't worry, it makes a lot Did of this sense.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's just, it's so unbelievable that the government has just bought into this. I mean, what? Well, no, it's not unbelievable. It's completely par for the course that the government has bought into this. But all these idiots out there are saying, this is an example of runaway capitalism and the, I can't believe this is happening. It's like, it, no, the government has allowed this to happen. The FDA taking eight years to approve anything and costing millions and millions of dollars to do it and putting re- you know all these different hoops that you have to jump through to get a product onto the market is responsible for this 100% and people don't understand that. And of course, the liberal media is not going to report that. They're just going to report, oh my god, the prices went up on EpiPens. How are we going to stop our, our children from choking on peanuts and dying, you know. So anyway, that's that's the EpiPen uh, angle that I just wanted to bring up real quick because it just, it, it needed to be addressed. We're talking about this show right now. and just, it pisses me off so bad reading about it because it's just, it's literally everything wrong with government, crony capitalism, nepotism, and everything else. And let see, what are we at time-wise now? One more quick thing, and then we're going to cut it. Let's just talk real quick about the Obamacare exchange's completely collapsing at an a, a, exponential rate here. Anybody want to do a quick take on the, uh, the uh, Obamacare exchanges here? JB, you're a man of science. What's your take on that?
1: Well, I'm not up to date on that, so I'm going to take a pass on it. Why like, do, do I, have, I
0: have you people on this show? Why do I, do I even have a, I have
3: a comment about that?
0: <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Howie.
3: Um, I really think that it was designed from the beginning to fail, that they knew that it wasn't going to work. And at the end, they're going to be able to blame it on greedy insurance companies and try to get through nationalized one-payer health care. Just, uh, you know, a complete socialist system, I think, is what they will propose when this all falls apart.
0: Yeah, this is interesting. You're, I like going down conspiracy lane with this. But isn't wasn't Hillary a
4: uh, proponent of single-payer health care back when in 92 when Clinton first got elected yes or, um, yes she was happen. she was so perhaps they uh, devised this all along like you said they said okay well it's going to blow up uh Hillary will get Donald Trump to run against her in 2016 obviously that'll be a joke she'll win and then they could push forward the uh single payer scheme
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it it is true. I didn't think about it that way, but it may be because you look at all the, you know, these insurance companies like Aetna is the recent one to pull out of it. And they said all these promises have been broken that the government made. So, you know, the government clearly is not going out of its way to really try to make this thing work. And... Yeah, the, the pure numbers from a number standpoint, it, it doesn't make any sense because, of course, the, the amount of people that have are going to come on that are going to buy into all these programs are going to be the people that cost the most money that were not able to get insured. So, yeah, it's completely unsustainable and they're losing money in leaps and bounds. The thing is that really screws all of us, by the way, is a lot of them have it in place where there's also deals with the government where the government pays for their losses. So, I mean, even though they're dropping out, we're still getting uh, we're still getting a massive tax bill because of it. The government hasn't
3: been paying them what they promised, though, either.
0: Well, that's uh, that's one of the broken promises. So you may just be right. You may be right that they're like, we got to give some sort of lip service. We'll put out this horribly flawed product. And then people will see it's the it's the false flag of healthcare. They false flagged us.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I'm not usually a conspiracy minded person, but I really
0: do think really, it is. Howie, and they're, really? they're gonna
3: they're gonna blame the insurance companies and the greedy people trying to make a profit. They don't care about the sick, and it's uh, this is their plan all along.
4: It'll be interesting to see if that comes up at all in these debates. The um, greedy insurance companies that taking advantage of you know if Hillary kind of tries to start leading us down that road, I will be paying
0: attention to that. I'm sure it will. And I wonder what Donald Trump's take on that. Because, you know, Donald Trump has said that he wants to take a free market approach to healthcare. care. It's one of the few good things about Donald Trump that he said. And granted, he might flip-flop on that later. Well, he, what
4: he what said he in the past that. that he supported a single payer, but circumstances have changed apparently so much. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now he wants to deregulate it and allow health care, you know, healthcare across state lines, which would be great, which they should do. But yeah, who the hell knows what Donald Trump actually thinks? All right, guys, well, you know what? Let's wrap this. Uh, let's wrap this puppy up. I think we've talked a good deal about the Libertarian Town Hall. We all love John Stossel and wish that he was actually our candidate. I think we can agree on that pretty wholeheartedly. And
4: he he could run a better campaign just like in the last five minutes of his show than like if he just put out, you know, some kind of statement every week, then Johnson and Will do on it as their full time job.
0: Pretty much. Can, Can they hire him somehow to just take that? Can they can they hire him as campaign manager? How much money will it take? I'll 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 finally give Johnson and Weld money. I'll buy a bumper sticker of Bill Weld's colostomy bag if it'll get them enough money to hire John Stossel as their campaign manager. There has to be a way to do it. All right, guys. Well, let's wrap it up. Let's let's uh, give the audience a little send off as we always do, and as Mark loves to do. So, guys, won't you join me in live long and live free?